Hello, everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, episode 149, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry. My name is Craig. My name is also Craig. Yeah, let's do <laughs> the news. We didn't. We did not have anything to give you for was, a segue, Barry. That's I was our waiting. Partner. I was waiting. I thought Barry was going to do it. I thought he had it. I have he nothing. Does. You know. You know what? It, you know what isn't Craig the news? Oh yeah, there you There's go. There's a segue. <laughs> uh, first up, impressions on Final Fantasy 16 are out. It seems like the pre-presser is out. Looks like everybody really likes it. Uh, one of the notable things that came out and said was the Final Fantasy team kind of came out and said that JRPG is a term that I guess is kind of offensive or demeaning toward RPGs. I, I never really felt that way, but I guess that's because I'm a JRPG guy. I like these games. But overall, people really seem to be liking the boss battles. They're apparently like really big, gigantic set pieces, and that the combat is like next level because during the production of this game, they got one of the Devil May Cry Sweet. combat combat designers, and apparently the combat is a lot of fun and really flashy. Yeah. So th- they want they want it labeled as like an action RPG then? Is that what they're going for? They just want it to be an RPG. I, I okay. guess that's what they want people to say. So more, yeah, like, well, more like Final Fantasy VII Remake then? Yeah. Yeah, or... But like okay. what they're doing, they saw the success of Final Fantasy XV's gameplay like the battle system people really liked it it was one of the shining spots the game the game itself is really good but um that's one of the shining spots of the game they're they're probably taken and running with it um did you guys see that they also compared they've already said that final fantasy 16's new game plus is supposed to be harder than devil may cry 5 is what apparently (laughs) the claim is okay already speaking of devil i didn't hear anything about i didn't hear anything about that so that's news to me yeah, that's I saw I like skimmed by the article because it's one of those articles where the title essentially essentially tells you what you're going to read. But I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, let the game come out, please. First, jeez, you know, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did a new game plus. And I, I mean, that factors into we're just trying to play everything. But like, I, I don't know the last game that I beat and was like, you know what? Let me go play it again. Not even the Final Fantasy VII remake. I didn't do it. You know what? I think Deathloop. Deathloop was was the only one in the past maybe two year and a half, two years that I wanted to immediate. I didn't, which mm-hmm. I guess doesn't help my argument. But that was the <laughs> that was the closest that I've ever been to saying like, you know what? I want to play it again. But I mean, we're playing a lot of sixty hundred hour games, yeah. and you're sometimes burnt out by the end. You know, so right. Yeah, for me, it would have been Kingdom Hearts 3. That was the last New Game Plus of thing I did. Of course it would have. <laughs> of What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I thought about it for Final Fantasy 7, but then I thought about the amount of hours that I already put into it. I was like, I don't really want to do that again. And then you always yeah. tell yourself, oh, I'll go back later and play it, but that never happens. Then you never do. No. <laughs> Metroid Fusion to switch online next week. It seems as though the popularity of Metroid Prime Remastered is kind of spurring them to bring out more Metroid. And I think I do really think with all the popularity and the reviews that the remaster got, I I think we're going to get two and three remastered here soon. So, yeah, yeah. good for 
uh, good for the makers of Metroid. Good for the team that remastered Metroid Prime because it seems to have sparked a lot of people uh, in back into the series. So good for them. Yeah. Good luck trying to find a physical copy right now. Also Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> Still looking for that. I see it pop up like here and there. Like I'll be like, oh, Target has it. Oh, Walmart has it. And then it'll be gone immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Barry's sitting over here on his copy, like $200. Anybody? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Here's my rent. Pay my rent, and I'll give you the escape. Yeah. Elden Ring DLC, Shadow of the Erd Trees, at least announced into production. So I don't feel like we're... I feel like we're going to wait a while for this DLC still, just because they're announcing it in production. But doesn't it feel to you guys it's, like, really late for yeah. them to be doing something yeah. like this? Like, the time this DLC comes out, we're already going to be playing Elden Ring five. Yeah. No, I, I feel like this means that they want this game to be around a lot longer before they make a new one. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So this might be, might be Elden Ring DLC for the next year or two. Yeah. With, I mean, with the care and production that they put into the first one, it's going to take quite a while to make something, especially the bar is set. If there's a mm-hmm. sequel to Elden Ring, or hopefully when there's a sequel to Elden Ring, it needs to pop off, you know, to say in a very professional manner. It needs to be great because Elden Ring took the world by storm and it's hot. It's hard to top thinking right now, you know? Yeah. But bring on the DLC. <laughs> so for me, I have a couple segments I want to get into, but I wanted to let you guys do your news first. Sure. All right. You ready? Here we go. Um, Let's go. Counter-Strike 2 is real, everybody. Um, there's supposed to be a beta that should be announced very soon. This is a big deal for a lot of people. I have not played Counter-Strike in a long time, but uh, Counter-Strike Source, way back in the day, like when I was in college, that's all I played. Um, so I might check out a new Counter-Strike. How about you guys? I think I would. I mean, yeah. I say I say that with like little enthusiasm when in actuality, Counter-Strike, back when you... Back when you could claim that you weren't as good because you had a 56K connection, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, when you were trying to get that nice K to D ratio with the bad Internet, that was when I was playing. I played a significant amount in middle school, I guess that was for us, like around mm-hmm. middle, you know, so, you know, Day Dust, CS Office, Day Prodigy, like all of those are the OG, wh- wh- which are considered OG maps right now that I played like when they were out. So I. I mean, if I had people to play with, like Craig, you just mm-hmm. said you're interested, I would definitely be down. I don't think I would solo that. No. You know, but I think I, I think I would get into it as much as if you had like a, a group down to play Destiny 2 or a group down to play Call of Duty, you know, like that kind of thing. I think I'd get it back into it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for me, I never really got into Counter-Strike. I only really got into PC gaming like less than five years ago, I think. So mm-hmm. it's just something I never played like good for them that a second one's coming out. But I just know competitively, like, how do you how do you repeat the success that's come from like Counter-Strike Global Offensive? Like, it's right. almost like you you kind of can't unless yeah. you're really trying to unless it is the same thing with new maps or it really like tries to push the boundary, which, you know, you just have to see a lot of the times these game developers don't want to if it's not broke, don't, you know, don't change it or fix it. So, yeah, true, true. I have to see how um, many people switch over. I think they will. I mean, they'll bring over all those people that want like the skins, right? The, I'm sure the skin community will be 
thrilled for new ones. Skin game, yeah. Yeah, selling them. That skin game. Insane amount of money. The loot crates. <laughs> um, yeah. Some other, uh, this one's more in the rumor category. We might be getting ye an Xbox Series S toaster. How do you feel about that to go with your Xbox <laughs> fridge? What? Yeah. Um, so this thing is looks like it's a uh, Series S. So white with the little circle. Um, and it's a toaster. Uh, there, I did find a website that's taking pre-orders. It's in England. Uh, so say what, take what you will from that. But it looks like we might be getting it after the success of the mini fridge, which I bought. I mean, I got okay. suckered into that. I don't know if I'm going to buy a toaster, but I might. <laughs> in that, um, is there anything about it being called the uh, Brave Little Toaster Project or anything like that? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you're going to buy this, right? Well, the only way I'm buying it is if when my toast is ready, it does that like Xbox, like Mwah! thing <laughs> that when it's loading cool. up. Like, that's what I need. <laughs> like, especially if you could set a timer, almost like an alarm with the toaster. Yeah. Right. Oh, your toast is ready. And it's just like because it's so Mwah. bassy. It's like, <laughs> yep. Amazing. It's great sound. It's good sound. It's good I still sound. think. The, the Xbox 360, in my opinion, is the best startup sound of any console. That and maybe the PS2. Yeah, PS2 is like, yeah, PS2 is the yeah. classic. Oh, yeah. PS1 as well, but the PS2 was just, man, that thing was loud. Yeah, and like yeah. The, when you're playing it late at night and you have yep. to remember to like mute yep. the volume or turn it all the way down. <laughs> oh, my before, gosh. Hit the power button, forget. Yeah. Everybody in your house is awake yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got caught by my parents trying to play late at night with that freaking sound. Oh, my yep. gosh. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. And then we got some more news on the everybody's favorite topic, Microsoft trying to acquire Activision. Everybody loves this. Um, yes. So. The one that I wanted to focus on that I thought was interesting is a ruling that Sony must give Microsoft access to their business documents. Specifically, we might actually get to see how much money Sony spent to keep things off of Microsoft's platforms, which I think could be very interesting to see. Um, Specifically, like I'm thinking Final Fantasy VII remake, um, Uh the, the new Final Fantasy uh, all that stuff. So I think that could be very interesting because I'm always curious how much these exclusives cost these companies, not just Sony. So we could get a little yeah. peek into that. Especially when you don't own the studio. Right. Yeah. I would tune in for that specifically yeah. for that particular portion to see how much money is spent in that in that category. Most yeah. definitely. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think that one will be a good one. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for that because that's like a... a glimpse into the side of the business you don't normally get to see true and i haven't specifically reported on this at at all i don't think but um i wanted to bring up uh dead drop which is the game being made by dr disrespect's company that he started Mm. um he mentioned this week and i thought this was very interesting so it is a at its core is a an extraction shooter kind of like what call of duty is trying to do with warzone where you try to get out with your blueprints or whatever. Um, but he mentioned the, the idea of them having valuable assets in the game. Specifically, he said, how interesting would it be that you acquire a blueprint for a, a gun in game that could be worth $100,000 if you were to sell it, and you have to extract out of the map with that. Um, and he was trying to say, like, how tense would that be? 
Um, as long as it's not something like if this is a game that's like, here's my $70 and I have the potential to go in and find these extremely rare blueprints and then try to extract that could add a lot of tension that is not really seen as long as it's not a pay to win process. So I think it's kind of an interesting idea, at least. You're going to have to have some state of the art, like anti cheat. Yes. For that as well. Yeah. Yes. Like for that, sure. That's what worries me. Mm hmm. Which, which I mean, he vehemently talks about like anti cheats and like yes. especially people who over promise and under deliver with anti cheating. So, if you know that's the route he's taking, hopefully he does you know put his money you know where his complaining mouth is in yep. that. <laughs> I remember seeing some early footage. I my wife and I were on a Doctor Disrespect thing this summer. Not that we just discovered him, we just were watching him more frequently. Mm -hmm. So you know in his streams when he was like kind of showing some footage, it looked interesting and. You know, obviously, he put his own flair of excitement on there to make you excited for it. So, right, be interested to keep following the production of that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think it adds an interesting layer to gaming. Again, as long as it's not a pay-to-win type deal, um, if everybody's exactly. on equal playing field, that could be some crazy, uh, crazy instances in gaming. Uh, and then the last thing that I just wanted to bring up is uh, is the Ninja Turtles animated movie from Seth Rogen. Um, yesterday, last night, we had the Kids' Choice Awards from Nickelodeon, and I just wanted to run down <laughs> the people that he mentioned are in this movie. And we, and this isn't even like the Ninja Turtles voice actors yet. So we have Jackie Chan as Splinter, uh, Seth Rogen as Bebop, John Cena as Rocksteady, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, Juan Carlo Esposito as Baxter. And then some other ones also, we have Post Malone, Ice Cube, Hannibal Burris, and Maya Rudolph. And that's all without mentioning who the uh, the voice actors for the Ninja Turtles are yet. So my question to you guys is, do you think an animated Ninja Turtles movie is going to do well in theaters? Uh... <laughs> Holy, Mar Holy Mario movie with an ensemble cast right, right there, by the way. <laughs> um. I mean, do you think they made enough mistakes with the turtles on screen? Um, talking about the live action ones? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the, the last couple are subjective. Some people enjoy them. Some people didn't. I didn't. Mm -mm. Um, you know, like, no offense, but like, I'm not really a, a Megan Fox as right. April kind of person. I don't know. It just didn't fit for me. That's me. But. Uh, you know, when, when done right, you know, I think they can nail it, but I'm not getting my hopes up is what I'm saying. That uh, Ninja Turtles animated movie that came out a while ago now, I don't remember, that was like mid 2000s, I think. I really mm. liked that movie. I thought it was good. Yeah, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like I just want for the most part, it, it kind of depends. I think this movie could do well if it, it's kind of stuck in the middle of two places. There's people who want it to stay kid friendly for the safe, for the fact that you can get new people to like your, your IP if right. you make it kid friendly, but people also want it to be a bit more like free, I guess, which would make it like a PG 13 type movie. I don't think teenage Mutant Ninja turtles gets a rated R or anything like that, right. but mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of stuck in the same thing where with an animated movie, do you commit to making it, you know, all kid friendly or do you commit to making it another way? And if you're going both ways, it's kind of a really rigid line to have to drive. Right. And uh, oh, I have a question. 
what um what did into the spidey verse or into the spider verse um have as a rating pg-13 yeah okay i believe i was yeah. i was trying to get like a litmus test of what you can do like um, with uh, like anime style with with what rating you're allowed right because you know i mean that's the happy medium right there is pg-13 you know PG. i just checked it was PG. PG. Yeah. oh it's pg all right so in the spider-verse did it so yep. they were able to make an amazing awesome yep. like anime adaptation with a pg rating so there it is bar set yeah i think it i think something like this has to be pg just to appeal to to everybody and make the most money especially with that cast yeah yeah, and if, and if we're thinking, you know, they, we we think money, they try to appeal to the most amount of audiences as well. So there's also that's just the the underlying factor too. True, but that's all I have. I'm shove it your way, Craig. All right. So speaking of movies, um, it is revealed that there is a uh, Dead by Daylight movie movie adaptation coming to life. Um, it's by the same people that did do the um, the latest Mortal Kombat adaptation which definitely shows some promise there mm-hmm. so uh, also the atomic monster who is the studio working with blumhouse on it they were also the ones who did malignant mm-hmm. so i'm I, I read it and i was like i think i was both on like a interested side and a disinterested side i don't i think my disinterested self was wondering how they make a movie adaptation but the really interested part of me is just that dead by daylight literally spans so many different and now when you partner with blumhouse you have so many different um scary genre well, not scary genres scary adaptations you can use in that so are they going with a cabin in the woods last 20 minutes kind of thing where you just yeah. shove a bunch of monsters <laughs> in there or like i don't know i'm i'm intrigued enough i don't know what you guys think terms of that my first initial thought was dead by daylight was a game basically made off of the premise of a horror movie and now we're making a horror movie again off of the (laughs) premise of the game it's like full circle so i mean i think they can do it but yeah i think they gotta have a lot of varieties of monsters i probably can't use all those big ips that the game has right they have a few don't they I haven't played it in a long time, but I feel like they have yeah, some some bigger IPs. So maybe they can't do that, but it I, I don't see how it doesn't work. It's a horror movie game now being made into a movie, so it should work. Yeah, and on top of that too, Dead by Daylight doesn't really take itself too seriously with story. So right. you really do have a lot of freedom with just to make the script how you want it to and not have to really abide to any of the game's lore or anything like that so i I, it's not like the uncharted movie where you have all of these set pieces and stuff you have to do like the dead by daylight is pretty much just a regular online multiplayer game not a lot of story that's put into it so yeah Mm -hmm. like you have the freedom to make it good it just depends on what they do with that freedom yeah and i'm me personally i'm more interested in seeing what they do with the five nights at freddy's movie than this movie personally Hopefully. Yeah, that's a good point. They can make that scary, man. Yep. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see how they lean on the jump scares because Friday night, Friday night at Freddy's, definitely just like lets five you know how Freddy's? five nights at Freddy's <laughs> could be Freddy, Friday night. Friday night at five Freddy's. Um, 
night. Um, they Five definitely have been. Night. Have you been drinking? <laughs> no. <laughs> as, as Barry takes a drink. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like they, um, they're able to do those scares in a very specific, in a very. They they let you know how you're going to get scared throughout the entire game, like right up front. But we'll see yeah. what they do with that too. Um, the other thing I had was Dead Island Two had a game uh, gameplay trailer, like 13 minutes, 14 minutes long, that got released. I uh, I'm excited for that game. Um, specifically at what they showed early on, but looking at that gameplay trailer, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it, but it was it was pretty impressive. Um, it was definitely I, you can't you can't change the variety of the undead now. There's like always going to be a, like a bloater. There's always going to be like a, some for, form of hulky type of guy that you have to fight. You know, a spitter, all those type of things. But you know, it was really nice to kind of see. I I, I really think they're gonna go into the side quests and really, really make them actually feel meaningful, which, you know, the first one had its moments, but you know, there were times where you just felt like somebody lost their ring over here. So I have to go get this ring now because it belonged to your husband who is one of the undead somewhere walking around. Like that's kind of how it felt. Maybe it's a little bit different and they, they've had a lot of years to be able to kind of cook something up, you know, in terms of different stuff there. So I like the trailer. I don't know how you guys how you guys felt about it at all. I don't really need to see any more. You can just release it and I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent toward most of it. I did like how the trailer went into like kind of the new blood or like the flesh feature that they've kind of oh, yeah. gone into it. But my issue is too, and maybe it's just because I never got really into the first one and really my only experience with this type of game is dying light. Like how yeah how is this game different from dying light like i know like parkour is what dying yeah i and <laughs> yes dead island did come before dying light but like that's the thing for me is where how does this game stand out does it not take itself as seriously is it more fun which seems to be the mm -hmm. case based off of the trailers but i i want to try it just because i don't have nearly as much experience with these zombie games probably as you know you both do yeah, if it can if it can keep me three hours or more, that's all it needs. Three hours. <laughs> well, in order to in order to beat Dying Light two, yes, it needs okay, three fair hours. Enough, that's yeah. it, that, that's the exact amount of time that both my wife and I gave gave that game, and which is essentially the amount of time for it to open up for the multiplayer portion of it, and then we never played it. So. <laughs> um yeah. if it could keep me that long i mean it's it's a great location there's a bunch of stuff you can do with that you can have like i don't know four coked up celebs sitting you know out the zombie apocalypse and you meet some crazy characters there and then you like there's a lot they can do with it you know to make it like quirky but also stay true it, it looks like they're not taking themselves nearly as seriously as dying light too so yeah you know yeah that's that's the right area for them to be in is not serious for it to work yeah. Yeah. And then uh this one's for Barry. Crunchyroll announced that um Cyberpunk Edge Runners won Best Anime at the 2003 Anime <laughs> Awards. There is no incredible story behind that. I just wanted to say that for Barry. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I, I, I watched it too. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it deserves it. Like there's definitely other portions of and a lot of other anime I've watched that I think um maybe deserves a bit more recognition, but 
for for a while there, cyber cyberpunk edge run is really all anybody was talking about when it came to to that. It's nice to see like a Netflix original also get it, just because mm. a lot of the times it's anime that's kind of out on multiple areas as well. But yeah, good good for cyberpunk edge runners. Like the animation is fantastic, and the story like if you want to if you want to take success for like cyberpunk 2077 that show can because it made so many people get back into the game and that's like a triumph in its own probably to be honest yeah it is (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah that's all i had so two things that i decided to i'm going to start doing well at least one of them is going to become a monthly occurrence i should say which, what kind Ooh. of gaming podcast are we if we don't tell you what new games are coming out at the beginning of the month? So, sure. it's the beginning of March. I'll try to tell you what games are coming out. And I guess Craig, uh, the Craigs will let me know which one they think will be the best reviewed. Is what we'll best do. reviewed, okay. Yeah, best and then I'll, reviewed. I'll, I'll keep a tally okay. of, right. at the end but... of the year who wins. Okay. So, okay. the biggest games coming out this March are Resident Evil 4, March 24th, EA Sports PGA Tour, the 24th as well that one's also i was surprised to find only next gen that's not that coming just, out on ps4 that one got pushed Xbox. what oh it got pushed to april oh did that just happen yeah <laughs> i was just watching a video jesus all right well here's the information <laughs> yeah. i have i think Everyone's- i believe it's april 10th i can double check but i actually i think i had it saved here um april 7th okay. oh okay so, there you go take that one eh, out of the equation. All right. Yeah, everything, yeah, I've, I guess everything I've say is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> WWE better we, better we catch it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. WWE 2K23 the 17th. Mm-hmm. Craig Craig can verify that one. Yep. Yeah. We have Atelier Rise of 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key the 24th. That's my pick. <laughs> of MLB the Show 23 coming out March 28th. And then this one's a remake, so I don't. I you guys don't have to say this one. I'm not going to count it, but it's The Last of Us Part One on to PC on okay. the 28th. Um, are are we counting that Wu Long came out? Yeah, and that, you can okay, you can count Wu Long as well. But you know, I we just started this segment, so I really can't. You know, and like not, like a dragon, right? Didn't that come out beginning of March? Oh. Or was that a that was, was that the, uh, or that was the last day of February? Let me see. Yeah, because I feel like it's close. Um, Here we go. Got it. Yeah. 22nd. So you're right. It was last last month. Oh, no, wait. No, that was the original. <laughs> February 21st is okay. when it came out. Yep. So that one does not count. I mean, I, I'll go out on a limb here and say my obvious pick is going to be Resident Evil 4 will be the highest. Yeah. <laughs> Could be WWE, but I think it's Resident Evil 4. It might be a three-way push if it looks like we're all in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, well, and I, I I actually forgot one more. It is the Bayonetta Origins game. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that one's nice. the 17th. Grr. Resident Evil 4. Resident I think Evil that one's, 4 as well. I think that one's going to sit at like a 90-something. That's my guess. They're going to knock that one out of the park. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, my money's on Atelier Ryza. <laughs> That could be up there too, though. That could sneak up into the eighties. This you is like know. the yeah. This is like the final, I guess, of this trilogy is what they're saying. So they're they're oh, big wow. hopes for this game. Okay. And there's a secret key involved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the other segment I have is the fact that 
on March 27th, the Nintendo 3DS and the Wii U shops are shutting down. So if you have either of these consoles, this is me personally, this is what I would suggest you get out of these consoles before the end of the month here. On top of that, too, if you're trying to get these games, you will need to buy Nintendo e-cards because the shops do not let you put your credit card information in it to get the funds in order nice. to afford these games. So you have to get the eShop cards in order for this to work. And if you guys want to, you can let me know if you think of anything that I missed or um, let me know whether I don't know. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> uh, let them let know. Yeah. yeah. First off is going to be the classic Pokemon games. We expect them to come to the Game Boy Advance uh, emulator or the you know, the, the paid expansion pass that comes with Switch Online. But you never know when they're going to be coming. And on the 3DS, there are things like red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal. Like, there are tons of them for there as well. And then also, like, the 3DS games. You know, you've got Sun, Moon, X, Y, White, Black, Black and White 2, uh, <laughs> Omega, Ruby, and Sapphire. like. Damn in the next thing like white and black are supposed to be the next remakes but who knows when you're going to be getting them and a lot of these times and especially all the nintendo games on here only tend to get more expensive as they tend to get more more and more rare so just yeah. think about that because even the even omega ruby and alpha sapphire are still 40 bucks like they're still 40 bucks on the eShop. so you're gonna have a hard time finding these games on a discount but just you know just remember that when going in and getting these things when it comes to pokemon as well get pokemon bank and transporter if you already haven't transferred your entire library of pokemon over to the new pokemon bank on switch i don't even know what that is <laughs> man that was a mouthful <laughs> next up is going to be wind waker and twilight princess for wii u there are definitely a lot of talks about this stuff coming to switch we kind of Please. thought that was going to happen during the Legend of Zelda anniversary that happened last year. We didn't get anything. Please. We only got Skyward Sword. So yeah. hopefully these games come to it. But the Wii U version of these games are like still expensive. You what uh, the the amiibo that came with Twilight Princess with Wolf Link is one of like the hardest ones to find because it only came with that game. And on top of it, they don't sell the game anymore. So. If you're just looking for it, just keep it in mind, especially. I feel like these two games are the only remasters that came to Wii U that they haven't remastered onto Switch yet. So yeah. it feels like it's only a matter of time, but Nintendo's really weird with this stuff. So the start of the Xenoblade Chronicles, which would be Xenoblade Chronicles X. There isn't much to say there on Wii U. Uh, mm -hmm. If you like the Xenoblade Chronicles, this is kind of the first one that started it. And it was a real it was kind of a sleeper hit. Not a lot of people knew about this game and a lot of people liked it. It was definitely it was one of like the highest ranking Wii U games that they had come out for that. And they didn't have a lot of Wii U games that came out before they shut that thing down. <laughs> More 3DS ones. We have any 3DS Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Awakening, Fates. Both of them are still $40 and you'll be hard pressed to find them for anything else. <laughs> So yes. just just keep that in mind. A lot of these are Nintendo games and it's pretty, you know, obvious that you should be getting these, but they still charge the the MSRP for it, which is different if you try to go on to eBay and get these games for some people are going to try to sell them for 60 or 80 bucks. Mm. True. Uh Kid Icarus, the 3DS game. Uh that that's oh. one of the hardest 3DS games to find. A lot of people like this on-rail shooter. Reminds a lot of people of Star Fox 64. 
which is also mm. on the 3DS. But that that's definitely one to pick up because it's one of the few games that I think I really haven't seen like a sequel of or anything like that since then. We have Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Ages that is also on there. If you like class, those ones, I think, are going to come to Game Boy Advance at some point. We already have Minish Cap, but we have to wait for them. And then finally is another Fire Emblem game, but this one is on Wii U. It's a Fire Emblem and Sacred Stones. It's a Game Boy Advance game. Should also be on there. But again, like the whole reason I'm doing this is because you don't know if they're going to make it onto there. You know, right. I still haven't gotten yeah, Glover on the 64 expansion <laughs> pass. So, you know, justice for Glover here, guys. Glover's great. Do you mean, do you mean Danny Glover? I'm just you never playing. Glover? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Classic. And give Classic. me my Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, Diddy yes. Kong Racing. But that, I don't think that's available on any of them. I, I actually have to check if that's available on Wii U or not. Yeah, I don't think it is. But yeah, that's it for my segments here, and that's probably it for the news. So thank you guys for listening to that. And now we're going to get into games, which yes. uh, for me, literally the game I can't stop playing is Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. Okay. All right. Um, I it. have I have my impressions on Like a Dragon, Ishin, and also Wo Long. What's the full? The Fallen Dynasty? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Wu Long, okay. yep. All right. Uh, that's uh, the only game I played. I, I um, did a little bit more Fire Emblem, but what I was really playing was Wulong when it came out on Friday yeah. and Game Pass. So I got my impressions as well. Okay. So I'm kind of the odd one out here. I'll do uh, Theater Rhythm Barline. Yeah. I want to uh, play that game so bad. Theater Rhythm Barline, I, I do have to say, is probably like my favorite rhythm game to come out in a while. This game has over 300 some odd songs to pick from. And it wow. does like the little wow. RPG type stuff where you can level up as you go through each title. You get the characters from that title and you can level them up. And then there are also little quests. But the amount of songs in these games are nuts. Like each game has... 14 different songs or something like that and for example like they separated final fantasy 7 for example there's final fantasy 7 there's final fantasy 7 the series which includes advent children and crisis core and then there's final oh, okay. fantasy 7 remake like there are three <laughs> oh, wow. different piles of final fantasy 7 to get your songs from and there's just a ton of remixes a ton of piano versions a ton of you know, almost like electric versions to some of these songs there are so many songs in here and on top of that like i feel like the dlc pass is a no-brainer at this point you get live alive or something like that i think or live alive you know what i mean mm -hmm. but near games chrono cross game chrono cross music is coming into it like there are so many songs coming to this game and the gameplay is just addicting like it's just really easy to get into the the little character it, it's all just so simple it's easy to pick up this game and play and final fantasy is one of those games that you can pretty much find a song you'll like in any one of those games. Yeah. Uh, it is really hard not to find multiples of ones that you like, or like bring up memories from your childhood. Like <laughs> the, you know, the Sephiroth song is in this game at least like four different times. And that's cool with me. I don't mind. As that it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like final fantasy 13 two. 
which you get those songs in there. And, you know, that game, I that Final Fantasy game, I love so much. It even has like the Final Fantasy 14, their online game. Those songs are in there. It is ridiculous. Awesome. How many songs are in this game? And trust me when I say you will find something you like. Like they're, I guess if you're not an orchestral person, you could probably be like, this music's boring in a way. <laughs> but it, the gameplay is just so simple. I like the fact that I'm collecting these characters and I get to use them to fight around to complete quests. This this by far is, you know, like the rock band I'm never going to get or the guitar hero I'm never going to get yeah. for uh, like four games right now, just because not a lot of people are making rhythm games. But Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, if you don't have it, like I can't tell you enough to get it. This will find a way on my top 10. This There's no doubt in yeah. my mind that this will be on my top 10 because every time I just pick it up, it's just like there's just so there's so much choice to pick from and especially if you have any inkling toward the final fantasy series whether it's 10 like it's it's all <laughs> here all it's yeah. literally yeah. all here and it yep. and i feel like any gamer has at one point picked up a final fantasy game at and, least tried it yeah 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 and and this does it to an ex and this does it to like the 10th degree it has no reason to be as detailed as it is but i also feel like the reason they're doing this is because maybe we don't get another one yeah. And that kind of thing. So it's like I'm I'm not going to look the Final Fantasy gift horse in the mouth and <laughs> not take it. So I've, I'm taking everything this game is worth. It is so much fun and it's so much fun to play on the go. The, the only thing that I really wish it would do a little bit better is there is definitely a delay and lag between like when you have it docked and you're playing on a wireless controller compared to when you have it and playing it handheld you can fix the settings it's something to it's something you can fix but i, I just want to say it's not easy of i was just playing rock band the other night and i had to calibrate it i can calibrate it in the middle of a song come yeah. back and then play the song right away like that's the kind of like ingenuity i really wish it had because once i find out there's a delay i have to quit the song i gotta go to the menu go to the settings go to that and then get it calibrated so it's like there's a little bit of run around to make things work and then on top of that when you undock it you need to recalibrate it again so it's like it, there's just a little bit of Sick. calibrating i wish was a bit more easier but other other than that that does not tear down this game whatsoever final like the theater rhythm final bar line is a must get for any switch user so you should probably pick which way you're going to play it and stick to it like i would say so you can have yeah so you yeah. can have the rhythm yeah the consistency yeah. Yeah, well, I find myself playing it every night before I go to bed. It's just like mm -hmm. a music game. It doesn't require a lot of thought. I want to say like it's I can just yeah. go to, you know, it, it, I guess it gets gets me right in the perfect mood to go to sleep because it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't require me to think solve puzzles. It's just a really easy to follow rhythm game. <laughs> I was That's watching awesome. people this week uh, on Twitch playing this game because I was like, oh, let me see if it looks fun, because for me, it's like seven, eight, nine, ten are like the sweet spots, like all those games right there. Yeah. So like I would play all those songs. I feel like it, I would too, man. And yeah. there is a hundred songs easily, like yeah. from those titles. Like it's just so easy. They, again, they, they put so much detail into this that they didn't need to. It's yeah. And you know, it's fun. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to, I was going to say that like, you know, there's the nostalgia factor I think would get me to, to push over the edge. Like I have, I forever know the Balam Garden uh, from Final Fantasy VIII's 
sound a song. I know Besaid Island from Final Fantasy X. I know Luca's song from Final Fantasy X. That's because back in the day, you replayed games 4,000 times. And I remember those songs. Final Fantasy IX has some bangers. Seven has bangers. Like like Craig said, those are the sweet spots. Yeah. Um, and like just for nostalgia purposes, like the first two game songs that I ever owned, I downloaded off of LimeWire, and they were Final Fantasy X songs. Like LimeWire. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm basically admitting to a crime right now, but I'm saying it. So like I got you know I might have so to cut like this. yeah yeah <laughs> about to get raided <laughs> about to get raided but like those are the first two songs that I remember actually playing on a physical CD so mm-hmm. I don't know out of nostalgia you know like like you said Barry there's something here for everyone and if you didn't try a Final Fantasy you probably tried it with the Final Fantasy VII remake so you could start with those songs and then go all the way back you know and and learn why we all love the series at least from a uh, audible sense why we love the series. You yep. know, so perfect. Uh, that's it for game. That's it for games for me. Okay. Um, I give you my like and like a dragon impressions, and we can get into the big one, Wulong. Um, so like a dragon, Ishin. Um, I will say this: I enjoy the Yakuza series, which obviously this is what this is. Um, what I will say is this is the slowest out of all the games. For sure. Um, but it is still good. It's a different time period, right? Almost like a medieval Japan. Um, it just takes a while to get going. But everything that I enjoy from these type of games are there. There's the different styles of uh, fighting. There's like you're brawling. There's one with swords. There's one with a sword and a gun where you can't block, which I think is kind of a cool concept. Um, so you're like all uh, all firepower all the time you just have to kind of dodge um so all that stuff is there i think the story is entertaining it's just a lot to ask to get into when you start because the first couple hours are are pretty rough um and i feel like the other games start slowly but not to this extent that this does so if you get past that and i want to say probably three to four hours and you start getting into the meat of the game, that's when you're going to be like, okay, I, I enjoy this, but that's a big ask, right? That is like a big ask. Three to four hours to get through, you know, everything they're setting up is, is a lot. And it's not like it's uh super entertaining stuff. It's like, you're coming back home to where you grew up. Um, your father asked you to, be involved with your brother who is trying to overthrow the government. Basically it's not exciting stuff. This is like overthrow the tyrannical government, go meet him, go talk to these people. And I was like, Oh my God, I was like nodding off. It was a sleepy game for me, Barry. It was a sleepy <laughs> game. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, I'm like skipping through the dialogue. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a good game there. It's just, it's asking a lot of people. And for that reason, I, don't think a lot of people are going to stick with it honestly i i feel like i like like a dragon enough as a series that right. i'll give it the the try um your impression though should i wait for like the discount or like a, I would. a possible game pass kind of yeah. thing there's there's enough games out there to play right now um yeah. that you don't need to spend the 60 or 70 on this now because you know this is a game that's going to be 30 
in a month or two. Um, Got it. I, I don't think they expect to sell just tens of millions of copies of this game. It's more of a niche market. But um, yeah, this is a good, you know, middle of the summer pick up for 20 or 30 bucks and have a good 40 hour experience with it. Mm. Okay. But now we can get into the one everybody's here for, right? Wulong, is this is this one of the first like everybody's expecting it to be the herald of game pass games for microsoft you know what i mean everybody's like looked at this game as like oh this is one of the first big first party games for microsoft see my, my issue with that is and i'll admit to this i thought this wulong like fallen dynasty game Mm-hmm. was the game where you can shapeshift and you play as a monkey. <laughs> oh, really? I, that's what I thought this was. I <laughs> I guess I'm just confused because both of them are trying to be like Dark Souls type games. Right. And mm-hmm. now that I know more about it, of course, like I'm I'm going to try it. I didn't realize this was the game that it was and I'll eventually try it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just feel like it was uh, I don't know maybe it was just bad marketing or I didn't pay enough attention to it but I thought this was the this was the uh, another game that I <laughs> that I didn't think it was I didn't realize it was made the developers of Neo. Um, Craig, do you think it's safe to say that this is this is a Neo game, not a Dark Souls game? It's a Neo game. Yeah. It's and a how Neo how game. does that make you feel? Um. <laughs> So it's not titled Neo 3, which is right. okay. But I looked at it and it's like it's it's Neo 3, it's Neo 3 with like a heavy Sekiro influence in like one department. And then for the niche people like me, it's sprinkled Dynasty Warriors in the story right on top. So it's got like the whole romance of the three kingdoms, yep. which is the way Wu and Shu um in 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 china ancient china and if you like people like lubu guan yu zhang fei uh, i'm probably saying their names wrong sorry but lu bei if you like all those people from dynasty warriors and i played a crap ton of dynasty warriors 4 when it came out it was quite a pleasure to see so that struck me that took me by storm i wasn't ready for that i was not aware that all of those characters were in it i wasn't aware the that they were going to include the yellow, um, the yellow turban rebellion. Like I know that history because I looked it up later after playing dynasty warriors Four. like I had learned about like ancient Chinese history by playing a video game, which is crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. we can learn stuff from it. Um, but like it, it is, it's a Neo game. It's got, it's got a mixture of the human and demonized enemies like you get in a Neo where there's something crazy. You got your standard foot soldiers that are alive and then you got right. your foot soldiers that are like possessed, dead, whatever. And then they kind of branch out. The boss battles um, are fine for right now. I think I'm like f- five levels in, four or five levels in. Mm-hmm. They're fine, but... One quirk of mine, and this is very small, very, very small, like in reference to like a Neo or anybody who's trying to do a awesome boss bat, uh, awesome boss uh, collection game is the intro cutscenes seem are very important to certain people, myself included, to get you hyped for the boss you're fighting. It seems like with every intro boss scene, they take the timer 
and they cut it like five seconds short. They seemed like very rushed cutscenes where you kind of see who you're fighting. They have like one small line or anecdote or something that they say, and then it's just like, you know, fight him or her. So that actually, the timing was something that I noticed in that, which is a very weird thing to notice, but it's just, you know, having played so many games with epic boss, um, epic boss introductions through cutscenes, and they've really kind of ramped that up in the last three years. That's something that I noticed. Um, uh, but it it's that's the 10 minute way sorry Craig of saying that it is essentially it's like a Neo 3 I'm okay with it I just don't know why they didn't make Neo 3 yeah Um, which you know if I die without knowing that answer like if they never explain why that's fine but like it's it it is it it it, yeah. it is it's you know what did you think Um, I think like again being a lot newer to these type of games than, than you guys are. I've discovered that I would much rather play a game like Neo than I would a game, a a souls game. So I just like the idea of picking a level that's pretty straightforward because it is, um, and just like going around and I enjoy finding all the, like the altars, the shrines, like I enjoy like, exploring every inch of this level, finding all of them because it's right up in the corner of your screen, how many you're left to find. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I like that idea. Um, I like constantly switching out weapons, which is in any type of game, a souls game. But whereas a souls game is more of like a big open area, like an Elden ring. Um, this is more like straightforward start so your do level you prefer the demon souls, like type of uh, type of way that, that that's done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is why I haven't um, why I dropped off of Elden Ring, because going yeah. from Demon Souls and then after Demon Souls, I played Neo one um, and I got really far into that. I didn't beat it. Then I tried Neo two. And then now I'm into this. I'm just like, yeah, this is where I enjoy being is not an open world Elden Ring. Give me those levels. And mm-hmm. I just like that idea. It's just more. Everything doesn't have to be huge, in my opinion. It can be. You know, this is and the levels are like you can get to the boss in like, what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Short. It's it. They are short. And that's like a big appeal of it. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I think you might like, Barry, or um, any of y'all listening or watching this is each level has Craig was talking about it. They have battle flags and marking flags. Mm-hmm. Battle flags are essentially the spots where you regain your health all that jazz, you know, when you die, you end up back there. Um, Marking flags you find throughout the level and they raise what is essentially your, your confidence in the game. So like, it's like really hard to explain now, but essentially the more marking flags you raise, the more confidence you give your character within the level. So I think the max is 20. And let's just say that it's entice what I learned the hard way um, is that the more marking flags and battle flags, to be honest, but those are easier to find. The more marking flags and battle flags you put down on a level, the easier you make it to beat the boss at the end of the level. Yep. Because you eventually raise your character. The only way to describe it without spending 20 minutes describing it is you essentially raise the character's confidence in that particular level. It's, it's really what it is. And then enemies are easier. 
Um, the boss inevitably becomes easier. Um, the other thing that they focus on is having a partner to play yeah. with. When I say a partner, I mean like not actually playing with somebody. I mean like you should be walking around with one of the many um, partners that you get in the game. And this is where I go back to the names like Guan Yu, um, Lu Bei, things like that. They accompany you on these missions. The more you play with them, the more you raise their level. But like a lot of these levels do be, this is what this is where it's not Neo and where it's not a Souls-like. A lot of these levels are a lot easier with them. That I, this is, if you want to step into a game that's trying to be a Souls-like or is branded technically a Souls-like, it's this game. This game is uh, is is easier, yeah, so to speak. And I, um, I I enjoy that confidence level. Like it's right there underneath your character at all times. So you'd be like, oh, I'm confidence mm -hmm. level ten. And then if you die, you go down one, um, which mm -hmm. is cool. And then like the person who kills you goes up one um exactly which is cool so like if you get killed by some random uh not even a, a boss but like you come back and he's a, a a level higher so he's a little bit harder to kill this time i like that idea um and it does incentivize you to seek everything out before you go to the boss but you can go to the boss right away like i don't think oh, yeah. any of these bosses are extremely difficult now you know what the first one was because yeah. The first Barry, when you do play it, the first one, this doesn't ruin it for you. But like, I wasn't expecting two phases. Right. <laughs> he had, a, and he has a full life bar in the first one. You could probably read online how pissed people are getting about this particular boss. <laughs> yep. Like, no, I've heard a he, lot about it. It's tough. Yeah. 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 It's it's tough. And like, the last thing that I think we should tell people where it is a Sekiro piece is there is deflecting. And deflecting in certain in a lot of instances is a lot better than just button mash attacking because essentially when you deflect when you deflect an attack you build up your own spirit gauge you build up your own meter you essentially just buff yourself up there's no stamina bar there's like a stamina mana bar where you use like the same for um, martial moves you use the same thing for um, magic moves. So like you have to manage that throughout fighting. And when you deflect, you build that that meter. And then the last thing is like a lot of bosses are actually easier if you deflect them enough. You actually they have their own bar under where you can basically break them and then do stagger like them. and then stagger them. And then you do this like slash. That's essentially how I beat the first guy. I had to yeah. memorize his move set real quick. Yep. Um, it took me like a couple of tries. But then after that. It, the bosses were really like yeah. in comparison very easy once comparison. you once you realize that like the red attacks which are the unblockable attacks because you can block the normal ones once you realize that you can um deflect those and then when you do get that timing down on these red unblockable attacks and deflect like the bosses and it does a ton of like stagger damage to them that's when you're like oh i can breeze through this boss like let me just deflect yeah. his three of his attacks in a row then he's red um he's staggered then i just go up and stab him and there goes a third of his health um so it really incentivizes you to memorize their patterns um so i yeah. i haven't gotten through any boss first try yet but more like after the first one it's like two or three times and then i'm like i got it figured out and i'm just breezing through it first guy was rough though man he was terrible that's what i hear i <laughs> he hear he's good. pretty hard and it's gonna turn people off Yes. 
Um, but yeah, try it. It's a great yeah. game. Um, I'm interested to see. I haven't seen what Metacritic and them have said, um, but I'm interested to see just the the overall in, intake. I don't know if it's on my top 15 yet. It might. It looks great, too, by the way. That's the last thing I'll say. It mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Yep. So now we're going to get into movie and TV shows, which for me, I really haven't watched many movies. I... I did want to recommend an anime called Blue Lock if I haven't already, and then I caught up on The Last of Us. Okay, sick. Um, so we're recording before the next Sunday Last of Us. So we talked about Craig and I. We talked about The Last of Us last week, um, but I did watch The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Oh, I'm interested to hear your take, please. Mm-hmm. Um, it occurred to me that I said a movie in the last podcast, but then we we ran like two hours of that, and I think I just <laughs> forgot about it. Um, but I did talk about watching a movie called Your Place or Mine last week, and I didn't actually talk about it. So like that'll be that. And then I am interested in hearing Barry's take on the Last of Us episode and then us just commenting on his take, just like yeah. building that up, because I want I want to know what you think, Barry. Yeah, so for me, I have the oldest of all the impressions here, so I might as well just do that. Uh, Last of Us for me, Left Behind, it is a little strange never having played the DLC. And yeah, you got a different I, view. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I did like the episode. I the, the only little parts I know about the DLC, of course, are the you know, it's very Last of Us fashion where, you know, the the person that she's that she's seeing dies. And yeah. I just didn't realize is the DLC just all about their time in the mall and just doing yeah. like the doing like fun stuff. So, yeah, like, it's mixed oh, in with some other stuff. But yes. <laughs> yeah. But they they hit the main points of the DLC, I imagine. Is that mm-hmm. what it was? Because over, overall, I, I really enjoyed this episode. It doesn't get me like as emotional as the Bill and. Yeah. The, oh, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one's hard <laughs> like, to beat. <laughs> yeah, like that Bill episode there. But it, it, it does go to prove that like Bella Ramsey, the, uh, the girl who plays Ellie, was the like she is the perfect choice. She does such a good job. And, yeah. you know, people I know were angry that it wasn't you know, other actresses that got to, that got to play actor actresses or actors for it. But like overall it is just, she, she does a fantastic job and she like earns her right to carry an episode on her own if she needed to. Yeah. And I thought the character that came in to play as like the love interest was very easy. Now, um, does it kind of go what happened after that moment? Cause like in the episode, you know, they have kind of the heart to heart moment where it's like, hey, you know, we're all going to the same place, but some people get there and earlier than others. And then she kind of Ellie puts her head on her shoulder and then it just kind of warps back to present time where she's, you know, trying to find the stitching for for Joel's right. injury. So is that how it ends in the DLC, too? Or do you get to see the her, you know, her love interest turn or do you get to find out what happens? Or see what I happens, I guess. I don't I don't think you it's implied that she died. Okay. Yeah. Um I don't think you actually see it though. I don't I'm think you do either. Because like the whole DLC was um is like the time, isn't it like she's trying to find first aid stuff for Joel in the DLC? Yeah. Is she not? Mm-hmm. So like she's running around a mall, 
Am I remembering that correctly, Craig? Like you're mm-hmm. running around a mall trying to find first aid stuff to fix Joel. And then also the flashbacks of her in the mall. I think that's. The yes. Whole thing. It's been a, oh, okay. No, that, so it's a that, little that bit is, different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, Whereas in, uh, yeah. in this one, she didn't like leave. She w- right. she had the whole flashback basically at the top of the stairs when she had her hand on the knob yeah. or at least the majority. Yeah. And then they went back to it, you know. But they okay, didn't so. need to they didn't need to do what the DLC did. The DLC did that so that you were doing stuff like action oriented stuff because there was like raiders in the mall um, when she's yes. like she's like going around trying to find this stuff and there's raiders trying to kill her. You don't need that in the show. That was just there in the game to give you something to shoot at and in, yes. in between the the flashbacks and and not that the flashbacks were boring like there it was fun walking around um mm-hmm putting the masks on and walking around the store was cool. Um, the arcade was cool. It's all cool. And they did it and they did it right. You know, they had one lone zombie or sorry, one, yeah, one lone zombie that, uh, wasn't accounted for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be honest from his initial, (laughs) I I don't know if I was just getting antsy, but from his initial like waking up moment to when he actually struck, I felt like was an hour and a half, but like, that was just (laughs) me. I was like, I was like, he's not up yet. They can't hear him. Like, you know, so yeah. Um, it was, it was, I, I really enjoyed that scene with them playing uh, Mortal Kombat too, specifically yeah. that. Cause, that cause in the game, they, they didn't have those rights. Right. So they had to use, yeah. I forget what it's called in the game, but it's like some other. Schmortal, schmortal, <laughs> schmombat. <laughs> yeah. Bortal yeah. wombats. I had a lot of fun picking out all the product placement in the episode too. Cause there's a ton. As did I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, just for finally, the show's like another anime show I recommend if I haven't talked about it yet. It's Blue Lock, and it is a soccer shonen show where a lot of these times these sports shows tend to be all about teamwork and being friends with each other. The Blue Lock show tends to have kind of a little twist on it where it's all about creating Japan's next greatest striker, and that's all about being an egoist is what they call it. So they, you know, they compare it to Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. But the reason these players are great is because they force themselves to be great. Like they're egoists. They want the ball. So Mm. they kind of go into it and they're in this, he picks like the top 250 players uh, in Japan to create themselves as like egoists. And you get to learn more about the players. I kind of just enjoyed this series just because it's not everybody friendship. haha, fun. We're all friends. Let's be friends together. Uh, all of these soccer players want to be the best and they're kind of selfish, which is the whole point. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of teamwork uh, invested in it. And you can definitely tell that some of the teammates or supporting characters are meant to kind of push the main character in. But uh, as someone who likes soccer, if you're looking to just make soccer interesting and fun, this this anime show is just so much soccer fun. It's just ridiculousness after ridiculousness for for it. And like for me as a person who loves soccer, this is just like a fun adrenaline show almost where the the Japanese are create have a special school and they've put in millions of dollars to create the ultimate striker. And this is what, <laughs> this is what it costs. Okay. Nice. I'll have to get into that. What's it called again? Blue lock. Blue lock. Okay. Wasn't there another anime that revolved around soccer? That was big. 
There's like Aoshi, I think okay. is one of them. Um, there's also Captain Tsubasa, which is probably what you're thinking. Of. Right. There was that, a game. That's too, kind right? of it's a very old timey one. I feel like there was a game on like PS4. Captain Tsubasa. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. I think I would watch this series, Barry. Definitely try it. I've, I have a, you have my Crunchyroll account here. <laughs> there you I go. do. It, it doesn't cost anything Double to watch guns. Uh oh, yeah. you're about to get shut down for saying that. They're gonna shut down uh, the account for sure. Uh, nope, I already pay for the multiple screens. They <laughs> nah, can come good. find me. <laughs> come, come find me. Um, all right, so I can go into the whale. Um, yes, please. Brendan Fraser's Oscar push, right? Um, it's one of the most depressing movies I think I've ever seen, um, but it's phenomenally well done. The fact that you can have a two hour movie that literally takes place in one room and not be bored is crazy. Um, there's only six people in this movie. It's like the epitome of like almost like a stage show, right? Just mm. only a couple people in it. Um, Brendan Fraser. A hundred percent deserves an Oscar for this. Um, just pulling off, I, you know, I mean, everybody knows the premise, right? He's extremely overweight. He's obese. And um, it basically just deals with how he became that way. Um, and pretty much all his feelings around that. Um, Sadie Sink, which, you know, from Stranger Things. Um, she plays Oh, his, yes. She plays his daughter. And That's awesome. it, it's so crazy to see her. This is so different from her because she is just the worst person, the worst. Um, <laughs> she's an awful human being. That's the whole point. Um, it's it's literally um, Brendan Fraser's character. Charlie is is so overweight that his heart is failing him. This takes place from like Monday to Friday. So five days. And he he knows he's dying um, and he's trying to reconnect with his daughter in that time. Um, and you know, he also, he teaches from home on his laptop. He's an English teacher. So it all revolves around English, but it's so well done. And it's just like, I really, really like this movie. It may end up in my top 10 at the end of the year, but it is just like, it's tough to get through, you know, like you, you just feel like so bad when the movie ends, you know, you're just like, man, there's no. I mean, there is like a redeeming, I guess, end, but it's just like nothing really good happens in this movie. It's just bad oh, after bad. You know what I mean? But it's definitely something that everybody should watch. Um, and again, if he doesn't win something, I'll be extremely upset because he for sure deserves it for this. I, um... I have to get in the right mood to watch that movie then. Yeah. Like, yeah. If... Just mentally prepare yourself because it's yeah. tough. It feels like the Joker for me. I had to like be in the right mood to watch the Joker. Yes. It's probably not oh as depressing God. as it's the Joker depressing. is. Well, no, I mean like the Joker is like oh. not as depressing as yeah. the whale most likely. Yeah. 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 So it like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to watch that movie right now. Like that, that would be <laughs> for sure me. Like it's just not, I'm yeah. not in that right headspace to do so. Right. Yeah. I For sure. Watch it. Um, but watch it on your own time. Right. Uh, the time that makes sense. Um, and there's plenty of time. I, it's on digital now to rent it. I'm assuming it probably comes out on on Blu-ray sometime soon. I would think it'll probably end okay. up being streamed somewhere eventually. But 
that being said, like paying for it now, I think is worth it. Okay. Might have to give that an old watch too. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. All right. So mine, uh, my only one is uh, your place or mine. I'm not normally a romantic comedy type of person, but I did watch this one. Um, this one stars Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon as the two leads they essentially were two people that hooked up when they were younger and then decided not to do anything about it, but remained very, very, very call each other every day type of friends. They grow up. Um, Reese Witherspoon is a, an accountant for uh, the same school that her child goes to. So she's a mother. And um, Ashton Kutcher's character ends up becoming like a high powered businessman. And they talk and talk, and it turns out that um, Reese Witherspoon has to actually head out to where Ashton Kutcher lives, which is in New York, for a accounting program. It's like a two-week thing to like help propel her career. So they end up swapping houses so that she could stay in his really nice New York apartment for the two weeks that she needs. Meanwhile, Ashton Kutcher being the nice friend, but you could already tell that they love each other deep down because it's a romantic comedy. Ashton Kutcher decides to go to her L.A. home, which is a nice, modest teacher salary L.A. home. And help take care of her kid for the two weeks. So it's uh, it's a really nice back and forth. They have great um, they do ha have a great um, chemistry between them. And there's a lot of nice jokes, but it's essentially Ashton Kutcher's character, who's now taking care of a kid when he really never had to take care of anybody except himself, um, how he's adapting to kind of helping that kid, especially with his carefree approach. And then you have Reese Witherspoon, who is the very overprotective mother and for good reason, just to protect her child, single parent, being without her child and also like exploring and being fun for a second. So hilarity ensues. And uh, I recommend it, especially if you're not a romantic comedy type of person. There's definitely if there's eye candy in it for all of you who need eye, can eye candy because uh, Jesse Williams is in it and he's handsome. Um, you know what I mean? So um, what was it? What was he in Detroit Rises? Detroit, uh, uh, Detroit Becoming Human. He was yeah, the yeah. android in that. Yeah. If you want to if you want a video game reference, <laughs> um, S Steve Zahn's in it. And um, there's not a, a huge cast of characters, but definitely Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon take it away. Um, so I recommend it, especially, like I said, if you're like me, who's not normally a romantic comedy type of person, like consistently, I could watch them, but I'm not always selecting them myself, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a good one. Not going to be on my top 10, but definitely worth a watch if you have some free time. Sweet. Cool. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? Nope. All right. No. Go ahead and end the podcast there. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you did enjoy, please make sure to share it with a friend and leave a review on your podcast listening platform of choice. It helps us get more recommended out there. I do want to send a special thank you to everybody who's been commenting and watching on YouTube. Uh, we've been getting a lot more views. We've been getting some people commenting. I just want to say thank you to those people who have been watching it. I'm pretty sure I know who one of them are because you kind of make it obvious. Regardless, <laughs> uh, <laughs> regardless, I do want to thank everybody who's been supporting the YouTube videos. It means a lot <laughs> considering how much effort yes, it does. put into those. So make sure to follow us on in, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch if you're interested. Uh, mm. If I could ever get my Switch to ever go back to 
like working when streaming, I would probably <laughs> stream Theater Rhythm, but I just can't seem to get it for whatever reason. I don't know. I have too many issues with with streaming. That's why I can't do it. But yeah. regardless, thank you for all the support, and we'll see you guys next time. See Bye. Ya. Later, guys.